When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by the amazing human beings at Butcher Box. I'm telling you, because of Lisa's microbiome issues and all of that, I've become a huge believer in grass-fed. It matters very much what you eat has eaten, uh, if that doesn't sound crazy enough. And I really used to think that this that grass-fed was like a bunch of BS, but the truth is it's had a massive impact on Lisa. She can tell the difference immediately from a digestive standpoint whether what she's eating was grass-fed or not. It has been so difficult to find good meat that my stomach can actually handle, and ButcherBox has been my savior. These guys deliver 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork directly to your door on a monthly basis. All of their products are humanely raised and never, ever given antibiotics or hormones. And it is hard to find high-quality meat that you can trust, but ButcherBox is changing all of that. And they offer free shipping anywhere in the 48 contiguous United States. And for our listeners, we have a very special offer. You can get $10 off and free bacon. Free bacon. That's right, you didn't hear, miss here. Free bacon. <laughs> By going to ButcherBox.com and using the discount code IMPACT. That's discount code I M. P-A-C-T. At ButcherBox.com. Try it out right now. All right, guys, this is some tasty stuff. I really wouldn't get behind this if I didn't think that it was fantastic. Literally, I still have little splatters on my wrist right now because I just cooked some of this stuff. It is absolutely delicious. I'm a total freak for my burgers, and these things are fantastic. The boxes come with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, the mixed box, and the custom box, which allows you to choose your own cut. That was my favorite. Yum. By taking out the middleman, grocery stores in this case, and purchasing direct from a collective of ranches, Butcher's Box is able to buy meat at a lower cost and pass those savings on to you. The price is just $1.29 per month, which works out to less than $6 per meal. And shipping is free, guys, nationwide, besides Alaska and Hawaii. All right, order now. Get $10 off plus free bacon. Free bacon. By going to ButcherBox.com and using the discount code IMPACT, I-M-P-A-C-T. There's no commitment, and you guys can cancel easily at any time. Did we mention this free bacon? Enjoy. And be legendary. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of After Impact. I am your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I am here with the Doctor of Finesse. What is up? Not much, how you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like a fighter jet today. You are indeed, as versus a crop duster. Yeah. We're gonna be, <laughs> in fact, After Impact is a show where we unpack the impact of Impact Theory, and today we're talking Bedros Koulian. Mm -hmm. This guy is interesting yes dude researching him i was like all right this is gonna be a lot of fun yeah how did we find him um first time was when we were at inside quests uh someone reached out and i looked at him and i remember he was on our radar back then he was on our radar back then and i remember at the time for whatever reason i just never pursued it i just looked at him and thought oh this is cool i, I can't remember why there was a reason we must have had on a guest 
that was like him. I'm not sure why. Mm. And uh, someone reached out again uh, when we were here. And I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about Bedros. And I started looking more and more into him. And I realized, well, I really slept on an interesting guy. And I was like, man, this guy's life is fascinating. Um, yeah, and it just came full circle. Dude, I'm so glad we got him on the show. Yeah. Like, you know my bar for like, okay, I'm going to have to be doing a lot of research on this human yep. being. And so I want to make sure that I'm getting something out of it. Dude, Bedros was amazing. I really like this guy. Coming yeah. up as hard as he came up, like seeing how different people react differently to mm -hmm. that. And how I, my thesis is that growing up hard breaks most of the people that it touches. Oh, yeah. But every now and then it makes a Bedros. And you get somebody who's just a beast and they have those reserves in the tank. They know sort of how bad it can get. And they're either like, I'm never going back there. Um, or it's, you know, I, I know how gnarly it can get for other people. I want to build something beautiful. And he really is a mixture of both. I'm never going back there. I know how bad it was. And... I want to create something beautiful for people. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was the fun for me. Yeah, I mean, there was, it's funny because uh, there was something, you know, he has this big smile. I mean, if you saw him in a dark alley, you'd be intimidated because he's, he's kind of built right. steady and stocky. But if you looked at his face, you're like, oh, this guy's actually smiling. He's really nice. Then if you tapped into his mind and his background and hurt, <laughs> <laughs> then you're back to being terrified of him. And there's certainly this darkness about him, this controlled rage that he uh, likes mm. to say. Uh, and he says, tapping into controlled rage and darkness can come in handy when it comes to building a business, which I found very, very interesting. And this is why I found it interesting, because in my mind, I thought, OK, if you want to be a superhero, if you want to be a bat, if you want to be Batman, <laughs> tapping into darkness and controlled rage makes sense. If you want to be, you know, a runner or an athlete or anything, if you want to be a David Goggins, tapping into your controlled rage makes sense. So for me, this was the first time hearing it from an entrepreneur, someone mm. who built a brand from the ground level up, and they're talking about tapping into a controlled rage. And I need to know from someone who's done it also, uh, how, does, how is that applicable to, to business? You know, you, 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 it's easy to attribute it to uh, athleticism mm. and you know, other avenues, but for business, it kind of threw me for a whirl. It's interesting, man. This is one of those things that I, when people finally break through to the other side and they realize what it actually takes to be an entrepreneur and all that stuff, the, the realities of what it takes are so surprising and so unexpected. And I think that what people think is it's money or it's intelligence and um, you know an Ivy League education and that's what makes for a great entrepreneur. And the reality is what makes for a great entrepreneur is how do you react when you get slapped in the mouth? And that slap in the mouth, like I'll give you a real life example. So slapped in the mouth may be um, that you're dressed up to go to the club. You promised your wife. You've been working around the clock for, by the time this real story happened, probably 18 months. Okay, mm -hmm. So for a year and a half, it, it's just an inhuman amount of work. It's you know December 22nd and you make your wife go and do hand batches, which is making a batch of protein bars literally by hand. This is when we already had all the equipment, but you've got to test something. So it's December 22nd, there's no heat in the facility. You've got your wife there and she's making protein bars by hand. You can see her breath in the air. It's just you and her, December 22nd. Real quick, she was actually forming the 
protein bars Correct. by 100%. hand. Correct. 100%. That's crazy. Because you've got to test something, right? So okay. you're trying a new flavoring or whatever. I don't remember what we were testing. So you've been doing this kind of thing to her now for 18 months. <laughs> and you've you've gotten rid of one of your cars. You're living on one car. This is all before Uber, boys and girls. Yeah, so it was yeah. just bumming rides off people. So the whole thing. And so now you tell her, hey, tonight we're going to go to the club. I know you like to dance. My wife is a dancing machine. Mm. And so, Christopher, we are in the car. We are dressed up. I've got my big boots on. I've got my nice jeans, a button-up shirt. My wife is looking amazing. And I, I am not kidding. You wouldn't believe me unless you were there. I put the car in reverse, and my phone starts ringing. And I'm like, baby, it's the guy at the facility, the manager. Man. And she's like, take it. I answer, and it was like, Tom, you know, whatever, uh, we're way behind. We're not going to make it. I need to send the team home. You know, what do I do? Like, we're, it's going to take us hours to finish this up. And so basically, he wasn't saying it, but he was implying you're going to lose this batch of bars because we're just never going to be able to get this done on time. And so it's like a Friday night, a Friday or Saturday, I don't even remember. And put the car in reverse, <laughs> I drive, I'll be right there, drive, and my wife sits in the parking lot for like two hours. Oh, geez. And I walk in the door, and I look around, and the, the energy is just gone. Like, nobody is doing their thing. And in that moment, I realize, I've got to bring such indomitable will and force to this situation that one, everyone is going to fall in line behind me mm -hmm. because they see the amount of controlled rage that I'm bringing to the situation. You know those moments where you're like, I'm not even going to say anything to this person. I'm just going to do whatever they ask because the, the level of intensity is giving off such like force mm -hmm. that and you know, like if I fall in line, we're going to get this done. Like they're going to see us through this difficult time. And in that moment, I was like, this is the part of being an entrepreneur. I can't, I can't like teach you. I can't, there's no studying that's <laughs> yeah. going to make it happen. There is only, how do you react when your wife is sitting in the car? You just got slapped in the mouth by people being too fucking lazy yeah. is the honest answer. Like they just, the problem started compiling and they let it beat them. And so I walk in and the only thing I have going for me is I'm not going to be beaten by this. Like whatever problem it is that we're encountering by sheer force of will, Everyone is going to rise to my level and I'm going to make them believe in themselves and I'm going to make it abundantly fucking clear. We are finishing this job. And when you come in with that level of ferocity and tenacity and you've invested in them as people and they believe in you and this is after like the tears and the people telling me you believe in my future more than my own mother, like wow. all of that stuff, right? So then you come in like a fucking tornado and you're like, we're doing this. And anybody that is thinking right now about anything other than absolute victory that we are going to win this battle. We are going to get these bars done. And it, literally, I'm saying these words mm -hmm. just like this with this level of ferocity. But with like the real world like moment where it's not me recanting a story. Yeah. It's me looking motherfuckers in the eye and being like, <laughs> yeah. do you understand? Do you accept that we are getting this done tonight? And then my wife is sitting in that car and we're getting this done. Does everyone agree? That's that controlled rage. Yeah. But that's business, man. Yeah. And sometimes people just need to know. They like certainty is intoxicating. And when you're beaten, mm -hmm. 
and the things just piled up against you and you just, you don't see it anymore. You don't see that path to victory. Mm. And someone comes in and they're like, all those thoughts of failure, get rid of them because I'm going to lead you to the promised land. I take responsibility for this. This is all on my shoulders and I will carry each and every one of you, but you have to do what I ask. There's something that, that happens, but it's completely made up. Mm. It's completely, I'm sitting in the car driving on my way there and I'm thinking, what level do I walk in the door at? It's all manufactured. And when you realize I decided to walk in at an 11, right? Mm -hmm. I decided to walk in with that level of intensity. I decided I wasn't going to be beaten. And then all of a sudden you see everyone's energy change. Now you need to be able to do that in a white collar environment as dramatically as you can do in a blue collar environment. But when you can do that and get everyone galvanized and believing in the mission and being there for the mission, by the way, and talking about the mission and making sure people understand what it is we're trying to do here. Mm. If you can do that, you'll succeed as an entrepreneur. So that's a fine answer and a great way to put it into perspective. Uh, yeah, cause it's funny. It just, it just gave me pause, but I was so curious and, and you know, he explained it well too, but I wanted to get it from someone else, you know, to see, you know, uh, who else can define what a con controlled rage is and what it means, uh, in the world of business. Cause you hear it so much. And he even referenced Dwayne Wade, you know, he referenced an athlete. Um, so yeah, so that, that makes perfect sense. I love that. Um, Bedros has a quick line. Uh, it's almost a throwaway line, but it's, uh, it, it hit deep, and I'm sure many people watching it heard him loud and clear. But he said um, with his business, he wanted to break all the myths of fitness, uh, that you have to work hard for results, um, that uh, going in, he didn't want to go into uh, the world of fitness business and, and, and sell a product, uh, which, of course, is his gym, and say, oh, you just can just come in and lift and, and look great. That's an easy sell. I mean, that's an easy way to get people into the gym. I, mean, I don't want to, you know, poke at the fitness industry, but I could think of tons of gyms and organizations that sell that, uh, you know, that accessibility uh, to your customers. Come in, look good. Take this product. You'll look good. You feel good. Right. But with him, he said, I, want, I wanted to break all the myths of fitness. I wanted people to know that, okay, you're going to come into my gym and work out, but it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to push yourself. You're going to have to work hard. Uh, and of course, uh, you can apply that to anything in business. Now, that ethic, uh, I wanted to ask, do you think his truth um, was a big step in the right direction for building a successful brand? No question. It's, it's always got to be based on giving people the real answer, something that's sustainable over time, especially now with social media, authenticity, making sure that as people get deeper, they realize he, it is exactly what he said it was going to be and that you deliver on the promises that you make. And in the fitness industry, um, maybe more than most, but there's definitely other industries, the diet industry being another huge one mm, where oh yeah. people promise, or even now in our industry, right? The um, self-improvement industry where people make it sound like it's going to be easy. And you can get a lot of early people in the door, but you'll never sustain. And that's why when you look at like Tony Robbins and how he's lasting, we've been doing this for like 30 or 40 years. It's, it's crazy. It's and the reason that he's been able to do it is his advice is real. Mm. If you actually take his advice, no matter how hard it might be, if you actually take his advice, your life will be better. And I 
In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride. Because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply um. I will just testify to that as somebody who's taken his advice. Yeah. So it's when it's real, it's got the potential to be sustainable. You know, it reminds me of what you always say. We have uh, the t-shirts, which you can get on our website. Shop.impacttheory.com. Uh, <laughs> do the work. Do the work. Right. As simple as that. And I think it's uh, when he said that, again, it was just one quick line, but it hit me because it's so true. It's, you know, people expect quick results. Mm. People expect... And, and I think that's what separates, uh, you know, uh, the winners and, and the people who fail. You know, I don't want to say the word loser, but it's true. I mean, people jump in and it doesn't quite work for them, but you got to do the work. You got to right. keep going. So I Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, for sure. So my whole thing with doing the work is let that be what you're proud of. Mm. Like, let yourself be awash in self-pride for doing the hard things. And like, not even let, like, I think, I don't know why it is so. I can give you a hypothesis, but Mm -hmm. the reality is it is so that the harder thing you do, the more proud of yourself you will be. 
period. Mm. And I think that's universal for humans. Okay. And I don't know if that comes from just like survival is hard. Mm -hmm. So the people that survive are the ones that took some sort of pride, some sort of joy of like, how far can I go? How hard can I push myself? And I don't think it's a surprise that David Goggins is our biggest episode of all mm -hmm. time because he's the king of how far can you push yourself? How much are you really capable yeah. of? And when people see how much they're capable of, have I talked to you about Endurance yet, the book? by no. Ernest Shackleton, Lord Shackleton. Mm -hmm. It's not, not actually by him, it's about him. And it's this guy who decided he wanted to be the first person to lead an expedition, expedition across uh, the Antarctic continent. Ooh, and the, the, right, why? <laughs> and the answer is because he knew to demand of himself something so difficult that the way he was gonna feel about himself for doing that would be just unmatched by anything mm -hmm. else. And it's like, I think people think money's gonna give them that, and it never does. But doing the really hard shit, mm -hmm. that does. Like, building the business gives me that sense of pride. The money gives me uh, the ability to execute on something else, but it doesn't give me the pride. The pride comes from showing up, doing the hard things, making that, you know, the bars by hand in the early days. I remember there were times um, when we were first getting off the ground where I would literally have to work two positions on the line. So mm. um, the line ended up, uh, we had something like 11 or 12 people working the line. In the beginning, we had four or five. So <laughs> I would have to be weighing the bars because we didn't have a check weigher at the time. So <clears throat> we had to make sure that the bars were making weight and it would change. It would literally fluctuate from in, in, 20 seconds, the bars might go from perfect to like way overweight. In 20 seconds? In 20 seconds. Because it's basically like this mushy, gushy stuff. And as the roller is going, like if it starts to, cause you have all these transitions from machine to machine to machine. So if one like starts running a little bit slower, it doesn't uh, matter why yeah, it ends up okay. happening, but it does, right? Yeah. So if it starts moving slower, then it gets a little more dense. And so then the bars are too short Jeez. and they're too heavy. But then if the wrapper broke and I was the only person that could fix the wrapper, you can't stop the line. <laughs> so now I'm literally running from weighing the bars to the end <laughs> of the line, fix it as fast as I can. Lisa <laughs> is like Lucy, like stacking the bars, stacking the bars, stacking the bars so that we can put them somewhere so that they don't have to immediately go through the wrapper, yeah. otherwise they're just gonna fall on the floor. And literally we ended up calling that station the Lucy because you would have to like pull things off, move them so fast. And she was the only one that could keep up, which is a whole other thing about how fast women are. And in, in the, the food packaging industry, it is always women that pack. Really? Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, huh. but it's surreal. So anyway, I would have to run, fix the packaging machine and run back. And I thought, even though this is comical, and this is like the period where my hands are cramping closed while I'm sleeping, uh -huh. like those are the moments that you take pride in. So wearing that shirt, do the work, man, like that's one of those things I've earned the right to wear that shirt. Mm. Like it isn't just a reminder. Yeah. It's also like, yeah, I've earned this shirt. I have put in the work. I am not afraid of the work. Like, dude, I was just, I was saying this to Lisa. So Lisa was pushing me to, to do something more. And she really wants the fucking book. <laughs> and I'm like, le legitimately, <laughs> at, at Christopher, every hour that I'm awake, Monday through Friday, I'm uh -huh. working. Yeah. There, there isn't anything more. Like there are people who are like, oh, okay, well I could, you know, not read the newspaper or not, I, not spend the time with my kid or whatever. Uh -huh. <clears throat> Every hour that I am awake, I am working. Oh, I know. So if I, I wake up at two thirty in the morning, I, I, I'm working or working out. In yeah. fairness, but Still even working. when I'm working out, I'm listening to a book or a podcast <laughs> or something. Are... 
100%. And Lisa said last night, she was like, you literally were in your underwear and brushing your teeth. And she was like, you still had your headphones on. <laughs> and I'm like, I, literally at, at this moment in my life, because of all the things that we're trying to get across the finish line, it, it, it is literally inhuman. And I love it. And I love it. Uh -huh. Because I take pride in doing the hard things. And when I think about all the things that we're going to accomplish, it's because we're a team that supports each other. And I was thinking, and I know I'm derailing, bring me back around oh, here in a second. Oh, not at all, because <laughs> this is, falls in line with what he was saying. But one of the, I was thinking about, okay, because we're about to have our summer crop of interns. And yeah. our last summer crop of interns told me, you've got to write down the culture. Because I think it's in the content. Like, how do people mm -hmm. not know our culture? But they were like, oh, we get it, but we don't. And we come in and it's very disorienting and if you could write it down. And so I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> but I didn't do it. Mm. And so I thought, I need to write this stuff down. And I thought, what's the number one thing? And I thought, support each other. Mm. That's the number, like even before crush it, smash it, mm -hmm. be great, become extraordinary is number two. Mm -hmm. But number one is support each other. Yeah. And so working hard like we're working and not having support of other people, it's, it's too much. It's demoralizing. Oh, yeah. But when you're working that hard and you feel like, whoa, like these people have my back. Mm -hmm. They're looking out for me. They want me to win. This isn't dog eat dog. Mm -hmm. This is like, dude, what can I do to help? How am I bottlenecking you? Like, I want to make sure that you know. Like, I was saying to the, the team yesterday, because one person was not quite feeling it, I get it. Like, people come from other mm -hmm. cultures and it just isn't this way. But I'm like, I just want to remind everybody, we are all equals. I like, because my title is CEO does not make me better. It is just mm. a different role. Mm. And it is just my core and fundamental belief that when people feel supported, they know that they're equals. Like that's when we can do magical shit. If everyone's willing to put in the work. Yeah. So I'll bring yeah. it all back around to that. But that's like, that's where the rubber meets the road. No, I love that. And that makes sense. And, uh, you know, to that point, you know, he mentioned it and it reminded me of, uh, what you have gone through. Uh, he mentions in one point of the interview how it got to the point where he was afraid to show up to work. He couldn't deal with it because mm. he felt that he wasn't in line with his partners. He felt that uh, they had uh, different ideologies or there just wasn't the support there. And he realized he needed to man up, in his words, man up and, and get the truth out and be honest to his partners. Like, this is what I'm feeling. And this is how it needs to be, and they just went in line. Um, and it reminded me of you know what we talk about with principles and Ray Dalio and, and everything. And so when I heard that in the interview, I was just like, oh my God, this is exactly what we're doing here, and this mm -hmm. is what has become part of our culture. But of course, I want you to weigh in that, of course. What is up, Impactivist? I want to talk to you guys about Blinkist. Blinkist is the only app that takes thousands of best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most important and impactful elements. And you guys know me. I am a total freak for reading. Reading is the thing that allowed me to go from totally lost in my life to actually being able to execute against my dreams and have the kind of success that I want, pull myself out of the matrix, build a billion-dollar brand, all of that stuff. It came down to 
learning. Reading has been my absolute secret weapon. And if you want to be able to get the gist of a book in under 15 minutes, all on your phone, Blinkist is the answer. Now you guys know my fetish. Ideas in equal ideas out. That is something that I absolutely live by. And Blinkist is a way for you to get ideas from these books really, really fast. And then if you want to go deeper, you absolutely can. But at least you're going to be able to get the high-level concepts very, very fast. So they've got an awesome offer for all of you guys out there in the Impact Theory community. You need to go right now to get this free, completely free offer. It's seven days to try them out free. Go to Blinkist.com slash impact right now for the special offer. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com forward slash impact and get the seven-day free trial. Try this out, guys. I am way amped up about this. I think you're going to be able to increase your learning massively. And they've got all kinds of books, including Mindset by Carol Dweck, My Obsession Principles by Ray Dalio. You guys know how much I feel about that. So go right now, go to Blinkist.com forward slash impact. That's I-M-P-A-C-T. Blinkist.com forward slash impact. Get your seven-day free trial. All right, guys, enjoy learning and be legendary. What is up, everybody? Today's show is brought to you by the amazing human beings at Butcher Box. I'm telling you because of Lisa's microbiome issues and all of that, I've become a huge believer in grass-fed. It matters very much what you eat has eaten, uh, if that doesn't sound crazy enough. And I really used to think that this that grass-fed was like a bunch of BS, but the truth is it's had a massive impact on Lisa. She can tell the difference immediately from a digestive standpoint whether what she's eating was grass-fed or not. It has been so difficult to find good meat that my stomach can actually handle, and ButcherBox has been my savior. These guys deliver 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork directly to your door on a monthly basis. All of their products are humanely raised and never, ever given antibiotics or hormones. And it is hard to find high-quality meat that you can trust, but ButcherBox is changing all of that. And they offer free shipping anywhere in the 48 contiguous United States. And for our listeners, we have a very special offer. You can get $10 off and free bacon. Free bacon. That's right. You didn't hear, miss here. Free bacon. <laughs> By going to ButcherBox.com and using the discount code IMPACT. That's discount code I-M-P-A-C-T. At ButcherBox.com. Try it out right now. All right, guys, this is some tasty stuff. I really wouldn't get behind this if I didn't think that it was fantastic. Literally, I still have little splatters on my wrist right now because I just cooked some of this stuff. It is absolutely delicious. I'm a total freak for my burgers, and these things are fantastic. The boxes come with at least 9 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual-sized meals. You can choose from five different box types, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, the mixed box, and the custom box, which allows you to choose your own cuts. That was my favorite. Yum. By taking out the middleman, grocery stores in this case, and purchasing direct from a collective of ranches, Butcher's Box is able to buy meat at a lower cost and pass those savings on to you. The price is just $1.29 per month, which works out to less than $6 per meal. And shipping is free, guys, nationwide, besides Alaska and Hawaii. All right, order now. Get $10 off plus free bacon. Free bacon. By going to ButcherBox.com and using the discount code IMPACT, I-M-P-A-C-T. There's no commitment, and you guys can cancel easily at any time. Did we mention this free bacon? Enjoy. Be legendary. So his whole notion of man up, say the hard thing, say what needs to be said, it, it is 
everything in an organization. And I'm gonna say anybody that hates their job, it's not really their job that they hate. Like when I think about like the book Endurance mm -hmm. about Lord Shackleton. I gotta read that. It, you, you can't imagine. There's nothing ever, ever, ever in your life that you wouldn't rather go through again with the exception of the death of a loss, a mm -hmm. loved one. Other than that, there's literally nothing mm -hmm. that you wouldn't be like, oh, I'd rather do that than, than go through what they went through. I mean, that it's sounds, just, that sounds it, crazy. it's pure yeah. insanity. <laughs> and doing that, like to get to that point, they were, they were writing in their journal, even though we're going through this, because we trust each other and there's so much camaraderie, we actually sometimes forget how dire our circumstances really Jeez. are. And I thought, whoa, that speaks, like when you read it, and I don't, uh -huh. you know, I don't want to spoiler her, uh, give spoilers here, but like when you read it and go, whoa, when you feel like your teammates have your back, that even in that environment, you could have fun and laugh yeah. and be playful, and yet people go into a job with air conditioning and a paycheck, and they're so unhappy mm. that they can't see straight, it's like, kids, it isn't the work. Let me just tell you that right now. Now, the work obviously is a whole nother issue, but the people don't quit because they hate their job. They quit because they hate their manager. Like, that's the reality. The people around them are frenemies. They don't know that they can trust them. Mm -hmm. They don't feel supported. They feel like people are gossiping behind their back. So having the hard conversations, telling people the truth so that you don't grow to resent them, knowing that you can trust what other people actually think about you because they're willing to tell you even mm. when it's hard, even when it hurts, mm -hmm. that you have those conversations. There's a level of like security to that. And I've, I have unintentionally in my life created cultures where that wasn't true. And I know now how destructive that is. Mm. And so putting that at the forefront to always say the hard things, which they're sometimes super awkward conversations. They have to do with emotions and feelings <laughs> and supposedly in a business context, you shouldn't be talking about that. But that's exactly how you create a toxic environment. Because if you're not able to say it to them, you're going to say it about them. Yeah. And once you start saying it about them, then it becomes, well, if they'll do it for you, they'll do it to you. Meaning if I gossip to you about this other person, you know that I might gossip about you to somebody mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this deep sense of unease. Yeah. And that's where backbiting happens and politicking. Oh, it's so gross. Like I don't, I, to the core of your being, do you know that I live in absolute terror of that? I, yeah. I As we grow, dude, really think about it for a second. Like now we've got what, 14 people are about to expand to say 15, 16. Mm -hmm. Eh, it's manageable. But when you get to 1400, it's not. It, yeah. And it, it becomes so gross so fast. Uh, and, and I know our ability to win in this game will come down to, are we able to attract amazing people that want to be here, that love who they're with, that support who they're with. So yeah, I'll, I'll bring it back around. You have to be willing to say truth and hear truth in mm -hmm. order to pull that off. Yeah, I found that very interesting that he said he couldn't even go to work because he didn't want to face his partners because there was just this barrier of not speaking the truth to each other. And I was like, wow. Uh, and, but that's, to me, that's a toxic environment. And it's funny because ever since you instituted the principles uh, here, um, of course, everyone was nervous about it. There was uh, <laughs> apprehension. Like, oh my God, something about honesty scares people. But I don't even think people have realized it, but everyone is going by principles now. I don't even think people realize they're doing it. Although they say, on um, principles, I have to tell right. you this, yeah, 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 it yeah. happens 
so much here, <laughs> so much so that people don't realize that it has become the culture. Right. I feel like people still think they're, you know, they're in the pre-principal era, right. although they're doing it. I see it every day. I hear it every day. But one thing I've noticed is things get squashed right then and there. Right. Even if it hurts someone's feelings, it's over. They've moved on. And next, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're back at it. And, and yeah. it, I could feel the difference already. Like, uh, it, it's a huge difference. And, you know, again, working in other companies or working in TV especially, there are absolutely no principles. And, oh, man, it festers. <laughs> yeah. But if it festers in the leadership, then that's definitely a problem, too. So I, I get sure. when he said that, it definitely resonated. Um, so Bedros, he uh, basically says there's a difference between being poor and being broke. Mm. Um, and he broke down, so to speak, what it was like to be broke and some of the crazy things that he had to endure. And, but at the same time, there was a lesson learned uh, growing up that he didn't want to be scarcity-minded. Uh, he had to live in abundance. He didn't want to have a poor state of mind. Which to me is crazy because I can't imagine. I mean, I'll say it right now. I, my parents have been broke here and there, uh, but we've never been poor. Um, and I can't imagine being in a situation where you're poor, but yet you have the will to have to live a life of abundance and to not have a poor mindset. To me, that spoke volumes. That was powerful mm. and i wanted to get your thoughts on that yeah i think it's important to define terms so when he said okay we've been broke meaning we have no money mm -hmm. but we were also poor meaning we believed that we couldn't get out of that state exactly that we believed money was for uh i think he even said white, white people, people. Mm -hmm. and um and once you believe oh that's for other people we could never get that then it's like that, that classic, you know, I'm not religious, but like they got great metaphors and great stories. And the one of the guy who is um, stranded, there's a flood, he's stranded on the roof of his house mm -hmm. and he's, God, please come rescue me. And a boat comes by and the guy's like, hey, you know, come on, we'll help. No, 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 it's fine. God's going to take yeah, care right. of me. And then like the helicopter comes, no, 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 God's going to take care of me. And then he finally drowns and dies. And he's like, God, I thought you were going to take care of me. He's like, I sent a boat and I sent a fucking <laughs> helicopter. Like, what else do you want? And it's like, when you believe that oh, that's not for me, that's uh -huh. for other people, then it's like you won't see the obvious opportunities before you. Yeah. But when you just believe I can make this happen, I'll, I'll give you an example with what we're going through now. Coming out of the food industry, I had all the credibility in the world. If I wanted to start another food company, A, I could have raised VC capital easily as the guy, hey, I did Quest, right? Yeah. Like it, Literally, you know that people do business um, case studies on Quest? It's crazy. No. So That's nuts. That, that would have been like super easy. But obviously, everybody knows I wanted to do something different, and, but I had no credibility. And so I had to be able to walk into a room with the most high-powered people on the planet and go, I know I can do this. It's not a question for me. And the thing that I know that I can do is figure it out. And then I would start presenting my ideas, and I would present them shamelessly, knowing that I'm really thinking about this. I'm really diving into this. I'm really immersing myself in learning. And because of that now, we've got a you know, partnership in um, Hollywood. We've got um, people bringing us, bringing us that we've never done a comic book before. Mm -hmm. And yet a film that's about to go at Sony, they brought us the rights to do the comic. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a major celebrity that we're doing their comic. Again, we've never done this before ever. Yeah, but I would walk up to people and I remember I went to the celebrities manager 
And I really can't wait to tell people who this is and all this, but I went up to the celebrity's manager and I said, let us do a comic book. And he was like, oh, like, you know, if it's you, like, I would consider doing that. And so mm -hmm. I was like, awesome. Then I'll send you the proposal. And we put it together. And it was awesome. And we didn't bat an eyelash. And they said yes. And <laughs> it's like, but that all comes from an abundance mindset. So to define abundance is the last piece of this. It's to believe that it's possible for you that this isn't a scarcity thing, that just because Disney exists and Marvel exists and DC exists doesn't mean that we can't also do it. Because my thing is there's always room for the best. Mm -hmm. So I look at something and just go, am I interested enough in this thing to become better than everyone else in the world? Yes or no? And if you are, great, go into it. And you'll at least have fun trying even if you fail. And if you're not, then don't go into it and avoid it at all costs. And that really is my barometer. Am I prepared to become the greatest studio runner ever and i am i'm like the thought of doing that of putting all that energy of getting better and better every day at that thing and being around that and being around storytelling and thinking about like how we leverage storytelling to impact people's lives and like it it gets me so juiced but those are the three elements so separating broke from poor and understanding that for any of this stuff to work you've got to have the mindset that and i'll just sum it up to say that the world can hold an essentially unlimited number of successes. Mm. And so just because somebody else succeeds doesn't mean you can't. So walking mm. into something and saying, oh, it's already been done, like that's the person that just, they have disqualified themselves. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because that, when he said that, it hit me hard because it's been uh, the mindset that I've been in. I'm, I wanna say like the last three months, maybe more, maybe the beginning of the year. Um, you know, for anyone listening or watching who doesn't know, I booked the guests on the show. I mean, it's a team effort, really, but that's what I do. And uh, talk TV, doing interviews, it's, it's a tough market, especially because there's so many things out there, it's oversaturated. And with celebrities, for the most part, they're limited to these small things. That's just the way it is. But um, at the beginning of the year, uh, it, it wasn't even a re you know, resolution, it was just just having time during the holidays to think about, you know, the game plan. I started having a, a huge abundance mindset when it came to, uh, to booking. You know, I got so used to being jaded and telling myself, oh, we're not there yet. We're not the show. We don't, we can't get what they can get, which is true, but I'm limiting myself if I don't explore the possibilities, which I always do anyway but there was still this wall. So now I've been hitting the pavement hard, going to events, taking you know dinners and drinks with these folks again. Yeah, I've been told no 300 times, but <laughs> there's a one in there. There's a one yes in there every time. What is there to lose, you know what I mean? I gotta go in there and know that, because the thing is, truthfully, I know there, there will be a time where people will be coming to us for everything, whether it's guests for the show, whether it's to do a film, whether it's to do a huge, comic franchise, what, what, whether it's whatever, people are coming to Impact Theory, that day is coming. But in order for that day to come, I need to break down my own barriers and stop having a scarcity mindset. Not that I had the, the most scarcity mindset, but I need to really just, you know, hit the pavement and get out there. And that's what I've been doing uh, for the last few months. So when I heard that, uh, it, 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 it hit me with this in the fields, in the warm fields, because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. So it was nice to hear. I love that. Uh, yeah, so, and I think, uh, you know, what he said and what you just said applies to everything in life. And I, I think humans, for the most part, 
uh, you know, have it in them, like he said, has that hunger, but it's about tapping into that hunger mm. and finding, uh, you know, how you can tap into that hunger because everyone has it. Uh, so I, I absolutely love that. Um, I wanted to touch on something he said uh, that I was curious if it was going to be controversial to some. For the most part, it wasn't. But he says, uh, no one should take pride in being blue collar. Mm. I'm sure that can cause some controversy, but I know what he meant. And, I'm, right. you know, and I want you to weigh on it, too. But I want to give a quick shout out to a comment that someone left in the episode copy on, our, on your YouTube page. Uh, Jamie Lynn said, uh, I disagree with the never be proud of being blue collar. You have a brain. Come up with a solution to a problem instead. That's what Bedro said. But Jamie Lynn disagrees with it. Uh, my dad was a plumber, and all the people who had frozen water lines, broken pipes, non-working toilets, or a house with no plumbing would definitely consider his services as a solution to those problems. Can you scale those services? Sure. It's called hiring employees and, ma and mastering multiple industries, construction, residential, new work, repair work, etc. So clearly, Jamie took the line literally, and maybe he meant it literally, but I wanted to get your take on what he meant by that. To understand that, I think you really have to understand his relationship with his father. Mm. And he is such a family-oriented guy who is incredibly grateful to have been able to help his family in the way that he did and the, the amount of love that he has for his dad, for bringing them over and creating these opportunities. So there's no malice in what he's saying. And like you, I expected there to be big blowback. And I, I think if you take him literally, then I would get why people would push back. If you reach into his soul and get to like, why is he saying that? That's what he needed to tell himself mm -hmm. to transcend his circumstances, to not because um, they told him to be a smog technician. Like, yeah. That's what he thought his life was mm -hmm. going to be. And so he had to like push himself beyond that to think bigger. And so even her, even Jamie Lynn's description is somebody who's not letting themselves, that the work they're doing is blue collar is almost irrelevant. The way that they approach it is to, if they want to scale, that there is a path, that they're looking at that. And that's really what Bedros is talking about is, you know, don't let yourself be trapped by over-romanticizing working with your hands. And to me, this is akin to people who, because money can make people do stupid things, they think that money in and of itself is the problem. Mm. And so they villainize money. And so then they create this cycle within their own family of, or even within cultures, where it's like the culture is saying, anybody who chases money is gross. Mm -hmm. And so now people stay small. They never break out of that. They never strive for more. They never try to be bigger because they've got ideology around money. So he's saying break out of the ideology of mm -hmm. thinking if mm -hmm. you don't dig the ditch that you're bad. Not that it is bad to be the person who finds joy yeah. or something beautiful in the way that they're contributing or whatever to digging the ditch. He's just saying don't dig the ditch because you think that that's the moral high road. Dig the ditch because that's what you want. Like that you have looked at at the abundant vistas before you and mm -hmm. decided this is what I want to do. For sure. And if that's what you need to do for whatever reason to provide for your family, that's, that's beautiful, man. And, and, and Bedros would tell you that's beautiful because it's mm -hmm. the thing that saved his life, right? It's how his parents work to keep food on their table and create the opportunities for him. And what does he do when he gets those opportunities? He goes back and gives to his family. Mm -hmm. So it's like clearly 
Um, that wasn't like him judging that. He was, he just so hungers for everybody to see, you can do whatever you want. And so he just saw that his dad trapped himself with ideology of the, the only righteous way to live your life is to do the humble work of working with your hands. And he just wished, I think, for his own father that he could have seen that any vista is yours to have. Any means of making a living is yours. And that one isn't better or worse than the other. And so to overinvest in one thing emotionally, um, I think is a mistake. And I don't remember what put this on my radar, but the other day I just had this overwhelming sense of like, this is what happens in the culture of poverty, of growing up in the inner cities. It's like, it's so us versus them Mm -hmm. that they just reinforce like, don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those like corporate assholes, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, well, (laughs) then the kids turn inward to their community to not try to like transcend it or get out or make it better. And this is my love of that Jay-Z quote. I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win-win, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. And and I yeah and I get where he was coming from too. I mean, I mean I heard the comment I knew right away. I was like ooh like you know because of course a large percentage of people fall into the uh, the blue collar category. Uh, but I you know to add to it I also saw it as you know tapping onto what he said earlier about uh, you know him being an immigrant. Um, you know you're, you're faced with a lot of challenges when you're an immigrant uh, to any country, and in his case uh, coming to the United States. Uh, my parents, I talk about it all the time, my parents uh, were immigrants. Uh, they came to the United States in their 20s, and uh, they're from British Guyana at the time. It was British Guyana. It's an English-speaking country, but because they had accents, people just assumed uh, that they were dumber. And, it, and it's just, it's, you know, it's a stupid mistake that a lot of Americans have with uh, foreigners. They hear accents, and they think they're dumber. But ironically, uh, not even ironically, but the truth is, uh, in many cases, they're smarter because they know several languages. I know. I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah, that's sort of a weird assumption. They know assumption. several languages, yeah. Right. And in many cases, uh, at least grammatically, they pro- uh, you know, immigrants in many uh, cases know uh, grammar better than a lot of Americans, which is um, also ironic. But I saw him as saying, you know, he wasn't going to be trapped by the challenges and uh, the box that a lot of immigrants have to fall into because, you know, a lot of immigrants come here and they have to take, uh, in many cases, have to take menial jobs. My dad had to do it. And it becomes, uh, you know, working with your hands and doing this. And uh, you're, you're almost led to believe that you can't do more. You know what I mean? Like, we got to pay the bills, you know? Um, and sometimes you have to get creative. And I saw it uh, in addition to him saying, look, I mean, this is what I went through. I wasn't going to be confined by cultural restrictions are what the restrictions this new country put on us and our family, I was going to take this grit and hustle and go somewhere with it and build something. And that's how I saw it, too. So, um, yeah, I don't think by any means he was insulting uh, blue-collar workers mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, yes, yeah, so... Um, but, of course, we respect everyone's comment, and uh, we hear you loud and clear, Jamie Lynn. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so to wrap it up, uh, there's something uh, that Pedro said. What was it? The get shit done. Mm. So was it? Is it GSD or is it GSA? I thought I heard GSD. Him GSD. Okay. So obviously, because get shit done. I love that, and I, and I don't know if he's put it on a t-shirt yet, but I think he should. Uh, but it, it, again, it comes back to what you say about do the work, get shit done. But I wanted to close it on uh, you and uh, those remarks and what is get shit done besides the obvious. 
Well, it really is just the obvious, and that's the beauty of it in its simplicity. And my problem is that you're in an effort to get shit done. You're going to be just beset with obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. And the problem with excuses and obstacles is they're valid. And that's the thing that's so deeply sinister about them. No one would have been upset with Stephen Hawking if he had said, uh, what can I do? Like I literally have one muscle left in my cheek that I can move. Um, like expecting me to be a professor, yeah. expecting me to have some of the biggest breakthroughs, expecting me even to be able to externalize and communicate. Like it's ridiculous. And yet here's a guy that managed to um, burrow into pop culture. He was on an episode of The Simpsons. Like, I, I mean, he was just, Everywhere. He was mm -hmm. a very active professor. He was having these incredible breakthroughs in science. He would do interviews. I mean, it's just incredible. And if he had allowed himself those excuses, and I remember him saying, when you complain, nobody wants to help you. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, like you want to talk about a guy that had every right <laughs> to complain. But when he tried it as a, a system, he realized, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't give me the result that I want. Yeah. And so therefore, I'm going to immediately abandon it as a strategy. And so my thing, the reason that get shit done is so powerful is because so few people can do it because they hit a valid excuse and they stop and they almost celebrate that like, well, I, I can't, I'm whatever, X, Y, Z. I'm mm -hmm. not smart enough, I'm overweight, I came from the wrong family, I grew up in the wrong country. Like, what, like, there's a thousand excuses. And they're all valid. And I was talking about this in the talk that I did at Google, and there was a guy in the front row who was African-American, and he asked this question, something along the lines of, you know, does it work against me? I was like, yes. Like, you're gonna have to work hard, but now what? You're mm -hmm. gonna have to work harder. Mm -hmm. but. Do you lean into that excuse or do you say like, this is the reality and now I have to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is such a valid excuse, but it just isn't going to get you what you want. Yeah. And so for me, life is all about getting shit done. It's about figuring out what do I want and going out and making it happen. I really wish I was smarter, like truly, truly. And because of my verbal ability, people mistake that for intelligence. And the thing yeah, I've, gone deep enough in the business world to see, because I define intelligence as the ability to process raw data rapidly. Mm. And I process data very slowly. And maybe I process it better than most people, but it's so slow. <laughs> and so for me, like literally, I remember one time somebody gave me something to read, a copywriter, and I'm reading it and reading it and reading it. And he was like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you, you're memorizing he's like you're on your third reading i don't understand and i said no i haven't finished the first like he literally couldn't conceive that that's actually how long it takes me to read <laughs> so my thing is like i could have made the excuse i'm not smart enough for mm. this and i mean i've told my story a thousand times like meeting my the guys who became my partners at quest i actually had to sit myself down and go you're not as smart as they are that's making you feel really badly about yourself so either leave, if all you want to do is feel good about yourself, either leave mm -hmm. or feel good about something other than being smart. Because trying to feel good about being smart in front of these two is a losing proposition. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to switch what I built my self-esteem around. And in doing that, it changed everything about my life. But that's just 
one example of going, well, the, the shit that I want to get done is building a successful business. And so if I have to let go of my esteem being built around being smart, then that's what I'm going to do. And so that is like the, the core takeaway message. If you want to accomplish something in your life, every time you reach a valid excuse, get rid of it. Don't allow yourself to give into it. You, you may have to work harder and that having to work harder is really annoying. I fully understand it. But when you push through that and get to the result, there's no better feeling. Mm. Get shit done. Bedros Kulian. There it is. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for commenting on the videos. That stuff means a lot. And if you are absorbing this content in the podcast, if you would go to your podcast of choice and leave a review, that helps more than you know. Give us a five-star review. Write something about what you've learned, about why it's empowering. That would be incredibly useful to us. And if you haven't already, head to shop.impacttheory.com. Get your self-signaling shirts uh, like Grit, the one that I'm wearing, or do the work mm -hmm. like we were talking about earlier. So, guys, thank you so much. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.